Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Primetime Fantasy Football. With your hosts, with your hosts Nelson Souza and Matthew Davis, presented by the FTN Network. Nelson and Matthew are analyzing the high stakes fantasy football market while putting their money where their mouths are. Hello and welcome to another episode of the FTN Primetime Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the FTN Network. I'm Matthew Davis, joined as usual with my co-host Nelson Souza. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. It's a little early in the morning for me. Yes, uh, we were unable to record yesterday evening, so uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to force your hand to wake up a little bit earlier than you're used to to catch a coffee buzz with me, or at least that's what gets me going in the morning. What are you having for this uh, Rise and Shine podcast? I'm actually having a body armor. Okay. All right. Keep yourself safe. <laughs> stay Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to try and uh, tackle all of it as efficiently as possible. But we're going to be getting into round two fades slash landmines, and we'll be talking about some interesting wide receivers that are going in round three, according to NFFC Online Championship ADP. We'll follow that up with a segue into round four wide receivers, talk about some player future bets, which is going to be the most rushing yards this week. So, get into some running backs. Uh, Nelson and I will also give a hot take each, and then we'll get into some really, really solid listener questions that are coming um, to us over at the FTN Fantasy Discord. If you're not familiar with that, uh, or if you hear Nelson and I reference anything in regards to our content, our rankings, or the FTN Fantasy Discord, all of that is available at ftnfantasy.com. We have multiple subscriptions and packages available for that. And I believe our early bird for FTN daily for the for the draft, the DFS site just came out yesterday. And they're rolling that out at $189.99 right now. But they're only going to be giving that to the first 50 subscriptions. And then after that, I believe the price is going to go up. Uh, and then it might continue to go up up until the start of the uh, football season. So... Uh, please go over there and check us out if you haven't already at ftnfantasy.com. That comes with Nelson's fade list, rankings and targets, Vlad Sedler's fab article, Jeff Ratcliffe's rankings and content, my NFFC cut line article rankings, my weekly streaming options that'll have quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end, content from Adam Pfeiffer, Tyler Lochner, Chris Meany, and everybody else that's a part of the FTN Fantasy crew. Nelson. Let's get into the tidbits first. We're going to talk some news and notes and maybe try and correlate some fantasy impacts in regards to this news and notes. 
Let's start at the top. Julio Jones signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He signs a few hours after Tom Kessenick's talking, and I think Tom Kessenick being that him and Greg, uh, they are both Packers fans. I think he was kind of whispering over on Twitter that he wanted him to go to the Green Bay Packers. Sammy Watkins is having some issues already. Uh, the Packers lost Devontae Adams. And either way, he goes to the Buccaneers. I was looking at his ADP over the last two weeks. It was 201 with a min pick of 164 and a max of 225. On average, he was the 80th wide receiver off the board. Then I siphoned through the ADP yesterday because we knew it was going to go up. Uh, and that changed a little bit. We were talking about it. And the min pick of that was 147. Or, uh, the max pick was 166 and the ADP was 154. So he has certainly gone up. Uh, you mentioned that you drafted him in an OC in round 14. That was pick 14.10 uh, last night. So give us your thoughts on this new outlook for Julio Jones. I know that you adjusted your rankings already. Uh, and if and how this impacts Russell Gage. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not too excited on Julio. I, I needed to adjust him up my ranks a little bit. But what I'm expecting, I'm envisioning where when they go three wide receiver sets or he'll be in there on four wide receiver sets. But I, I think he's just going to mix in and give like gauge a breather. Um, this definitely, I still think has to do with Godwin not going to be a hundred percent ready uh, to start the year. There's just, there's just no way. Um, I, I compare Godwin to like Beckham of last year. And if you remember Beckham, first two weeks of the season when he was with Cleveland, he didn't play it in any games. So I'm kind of expecting the the same thing. I think that bringing him in, veteran guy, depth, um, they're probably going to try to get the most out of him in limited snaps. But I think he just kind of mucks things up a little bit. And I think this is going to ding Gage's value a little bit. Uh, because of, listen, if you're, if you're firing gauge in, in the early rounds and you're pushing them up, you're probably going to get a good start out of him to start the year, but Godwin eventually will make his way back. And then if you, st- you still got Julio in the, in the picture, I just think that like gauge is going to be that guy that, you know, falls off towards the end of the year because like Godwin's ready to go very similar to like Beckham. If, if you remember like, you know, Beckham was just kind of like slow go of things. And then he got to the Rams and he started showing up and all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, okay, this is, he's looking, he's looking good. And in, in the playoffs, he looked good. Um, He was on his way to a big Super Bowl uh, when he tore his ACL, but so that that's kind of how I'm projecting the whole God, you know, Godwin situation, and then Julio signing, and, and every, I think it's great for Tom Brady. That's mm-hmm. what I think. <laughs> of course. Uh, so looking at Russell Gage's ADP, it was over the last two weeks seventy three with a min of sixty three and a max of eighty. Or I'm sorry, apologize. Those numbers is where he went last night. So he got pushed down a little bit. His ADP prior to that. So last night he went at pick 73 on average over three online championship drafts. Uh, On average before that, he was going with pick 64 with a min of 53 
uh, and the max pick stayed at 80. So we've seen, you know, he's slipped maybe around since the news of Julio Jones. I'm not sure how much further down he goes with people discussing, you know, the new style of offense, how they're going to utilize Julio Jones, et cetera. I could see them, like you said, they're going to, you know, try and optimize Julio in certain spots. Um, certainly give him breathers in, in between the 20s, right? And then once it's in money's own time, get him out there fresh on the field uh, for Tom Brady just to pick the defensive part. Uh, we're going to stay in Tampa. Um, I'm not sure how much this one impacts things, but people sure are talking about it. And so Leonard Fournette certainly heard about it. So he tweeted a, an overweight picture with his um, face sloppily photoshopped on top of it. Uh, he came into the mini camps at 260, but he arrived at training camp down to 245. Uh, that's awesome. Seems like he, shedding 15 pounds for a professional athlete obviously isn't as difficult as it is with, for somebody that's sitting on the couch. But it does seem like he's going to be coming in motivated. Um, do you have any concerns about Uncle Lenny? No, I, I think it's just about him staying healthy. If he stays mm-hmm. healthy, I think he's in for another big year. All right, moving on. Teammate Chris Godwin, he's off the pup list uh, and he has been cleared for training camp. This doesn't guarantee that he is ready for week one. Um, I know that you and I, we've discussed a little bit of pessimism on Godwin given his current uh, ADP. It's at 62 with a min of 38, a max pick of 87. On average, he's going off the board as the 34th wide receiver. Now that he's off the pup list and he's, uh, they say that he's, you know, ready to participate in training camp, he's cleared to go. Uh, in that regard, um, does this change your outlook at all on Chris Godwin? No, I'm I'm still pessimistic on him being ready to start the year. And I just look at it as like, even when he, if he's ready to start the year, he's going to be nowhere close to 100%. So I just don't think that you're, you're going to be starting him and you're not going to get the production that you're hoping for. Now, second half of the season, very similar to Beckham. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, you can count on him at that point, but he's, he's going off the board as like a fifth round pick in drafts. And I, I think him being off the pup list is only going to push him up now a little bit more because people look at it as like, Oh, he's not on the pup list. All right. He's ready to go. But, um, I'm You're still- right. You're yeah, right. Totally so right. you're right. You're right. Um, so I, I mentioned his ADP of 62. And then we had the Julio, that was over the last two weeks. We had the Julio Jones signing. So then I, you know, I got interested in that ADP just from yesterday, albeit it's only three drafts. It's a small sample size. Russell Gage's ADP goes down around uh, Chris Godwin. He, he went up just a little bit. So his ADP, not that it was much half round, if that, um, but he did not fall with the Julio Jones signing uh, because he came off of the pup list and it said that he's ready for training camp or that's what's being said in the news. So um, the Julio Jones news is certainly not impacting Chris Godwin's market. Uh, moving on to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he landed on the pup list, but he's already off of it. So it was something that was undisclosed and it was very short lived. So um, I wanted to mention that if, if you're listening and you saw that he went on the pup list, he's already off of it. So don't. Um, adjust rankings accordingly or anything like that. I was ready to bump up Rojo just a little bit because yeah. of, uh, <laughs> you know, the potential usage there um, being that he's on the Chiefs offense, but no need to do that as of now. We're going to get into a couple hamstring injuries, uh, but both are not expected to be severe, nor are the players expected to be out long. 
Uh, that is Marquise Brown, who is newly acquired with the Arizona Cardinals. And you have Antonio Gibson, who is a highly discussed running back on the Washington Commanders. Uh, people like to talk about him on Twitter. Some like him, some don't. Are you concerned? We don't need to get into the outlook on them, but are you concerned with the current status of both not being at training camp or not being participating at training camp because of their hamstring injuries? I mean, it's always a concern that you got to monitor. Uh, it's never, it's never a good thing w with a guy injured and starting off training camp, uh, especially like hamstrings like that. That's an injury that, you know, tends to linger uh, depending how f severe it was. Marquise Brown being on a new team, new offense, you rather see him out there getting reps and getting comfortable with his teammates. Uh, Gibson, you know, that's just another situation where he just seems, uh, you know, the last couple of years, you know, the two years he's been in the NFL that he just keeps getting dinged up. And I think that was a big part of why they drafted Brian Robinson uh, this mm -hmm. past year. So probably a three-headed monster that we're, we're going to go to uh, there in Washington. And um, Gibson, to some, looks like a value. I, I treat it as like it's a trap. You know, you're going to you're going to draft the guy. He's not going to get any of the passing down work. Uh, you know, that belongs to McKissick. And I could envision a scenario where Robinson, like Gibson's being used in between the 20s. And then Robinson comes in and steals some goal line uh, touches away from Gibson. So if that's happening, I mean, what do you what value is Gibson? Yeah. If you take him in the seventh round, you're hoping for a McKissick injury. If that happens, then, you know, now Gibson has value. But in PPR formats, I'm not – I don't like drafting guys that don't catch the ball. Yeah, it also has – he has that feel of, you know, you go to a prime time and you'll see somebody, a player fall and a player falls and a player falls. And it's like, whoa, I got him in his max pick. And it's like – you were the fish in the draft and not saying that you're, you're a fish if you're drafting Antonio Gibson, but we've seen those scenarios at live high stakes drafts. Yep. Somebody falls, somebody falls. And then they think that they've got some massive bargain and they're bragging about it. And then it's like, no, he's hurt again. He's dinged up again. Uh, he's not getting all the usage. He's not getting enough targets, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I see what you're saying with Gibson. And then with Brown, I know that you and I were, we were liking him a little bit, you know, especially because we were confident that the Kyler Murray deal was going to get done. Um, but this isn't great because if you're not getting as many reps as possible within a new offense with a new quarterback, we've seen time and time again in the NFL where these slow little delays can just linger and set you back in the regular season. And if that sets you back in the regular season and he's not popping off early, it's going to hurt where you're currently drafting him. So continue to monitor that. And hopefully Marquise Brown gets on the field sooner rather than later. So on Friday night, I'm going to give a little plug real quick. We've got the Beat Maddie Wood Rotowire Online Championship Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Last time I looked, there's only one spot available. Um, so by the time you're listening, this is probably will be full. But we are going to be streaming that as well on the, the High Stakes uh, Fantasy Network with Tom Kessenick and Derek Buchter, uh, you know, the fine folks over at the NFFC. So that will be available on YouTube and Twitter 
Um, and then Nelson and I will chop up the draft board the next time we talk on the podcast. I'm going to be doing an update on my cut line rankings that should be running this weekend. Nelson, I believe you just ran an update on your uh, season-long redraft uh, rankings. That's also available at FTN Fantasy. Uh, and let's get into the, the good stuff here. Round two. Uh, we discussed last week that there was somebody that we identified that we would not be drafting uh, in the first round, and that was Derek Henry. And now we're going to look into the second round. Uh, I know that we don't need to get into why a player going in in the second round is worth going into the second round. We don't need to clamor over, uh, it, you know. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. DeAndre Swift or Saquon Barkley or whoever it is you like in the second round. I don't think that it's necessarily... You know, good content for us to give you reasons why we like these guys going early. No shit, they're going early. But maybe I think it's more useful for us to talk about the people that we think that can hurt your team, especially this early with draft capital. So looking at round two uh, over the last two weeks in the NFFC online championship, that's picks 13 through 24. Um, I listed a few guys on this outline okay. that come with some question marks potentially. And that's I listed these three because it's how I feel and it's how I think you might feel after absorbing and digesting some of your content. So uh, the three I'm going to mention, and it's not that we're saying just yet that we're completely fading, but I wanted to mention these three with question marks and then I'll hand it off to you. That's Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, and Tyreek Hill. Uh, just give me your thoughts on all three. Uh, I mean, Kelsey's going to turn 33. Uh, this upcoming season. And for me, I'm just, I'd rather be a year early off of a guy than a year late. So there's that part. The question mark of Tyreek Hill uh, now not being uh, there with Kansas City, does that make it more, defenses can pay more attention to Kelsey? Uh, whereas, you know, before they needed to worry about Tyreek Hill, and do they need to worry about a guy like MVS or Juju as much as they worried about Tyreek? Uh, so there's that's kind of my concern with Kelsey. Otherwise, like you said, we don't need to talk about like how good and how consistent he is. That's the whole point of why he's going that early. Um, but you got to identify potential landmines in the early rounds and and try to avoid those. Uh, Debo Samuel, um, that's just a situation where had a monster season. Um, his ADP skyrocketed where he's now going in the second round. I usually don't like – I don't like taking guys um, coming off career years and and buying the, uh, the, uh, the high ADP on, on players. Debo, little disgruntled with the contract situation, um, doesn't want to be used as much as a running back as they the 49ers used them last year. 
wants to be more of a wide receiver. Um, what does that look like now with no Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance as the QB? Um, there could be some chemistry issues there. Uh, so that those are the, some of the question marks with Debo. Um, Tyreek Hill, that's just – listen, Tyreek Hill, you know, big fan. He's supreme talent, but he's going to a new offense. Um, I just – I wonder if, you know, the targets are going to be there for him. It's a offense that I think will be creative, but they're going to want to, they want to run the ball too. And I think it's just going to be one of those situations where they have Jalen Waddle, had a fantastic rookie year. He's not a pushover. So just because Tyreek comes over doesn't mean that like, okay, Jalen Waddle just takes a back seat. I mean, this kid's legit. So I don't know. I don't know how the targets are going to be uh, divvied up there in Miami. I don't know if Tua is going to be able to take that next step um, to be able to handle, you know, a Tyreek and a Waddle um, in that offense. So, you know, just just some question marks there. Yeah, and I think that's important to find those question marks, right. To identify those, because if something, you know, these question marks that we do have, something does go wrong and they don't fully uh, optimize, then they're likely not going to be returning that early round two draft capital. Um, I'll, I'll leave it also at this on these three, just with some quick thoughts myself, you mentioned Trey Lance and Debo Samuel was getting, you know, more rushing work last, last year. And obviously the efficiency with the touchdowns was awesome. And that's, you know, popping him off into round two right now. He's disgruntled. He's got the new quarterback. We don't know how that will look like you said, but also Trey Lance is going to be running the rock a lot too. So that could be taking away some of that efficiency and those touchdowns that you saw. So you certainly should be regressing. Uh, the amount of work that we saw on the ground for Debo as, as well as the touchdowns. I think that those are going to regress back just a little bit. Tyree Kill, new quarterback, new offense. Uh, Tua does not have a bazooka arm, even though Tyree Kill can get work done, um, you know, with a low A dot as well. But the thing I was looking into was going into the volume. And you mentioned that it's going to be hard for Tua to be able to utilize fully Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. He's also got Mike Gusecki. He's got Chase Edmonds who can catch the rock. This is also a team that is, has a really, really good defense. So how many times are we going to see the game scripts that we saw early in the season, which was an outlier when Tua threw 47 times at Jacksonville? I highly doubt the, the Dolphins would need to have Tua throw 47 times this upcoming season against the Jaguars. As an example, he threw 40 times against the Atlanta Falcons. I highly doubt in another situation, albeit they're not playing the Falcons, I don't think, this year. Um, but this is just an example. This team's not going to be needing to throw the ball 40 times against a Falcons-based team. So if you look at the, the the team as they progressed as with Tua as the starting quarterback from weeks 11 through 18, that's the second half of the season here. The lowest he threw, I'll exclude week 10 because I think he got hurt or he had the, the foot, the finger fracture, something like that against the Ravens or it was before that. So he only threw 13 times that game. Um, but he had a, a low of 22 and a high of 41. Um, I didn't do the math on that. Uh, but, you know, if you wanted to do the average of that, it's weeks 11 through 18. Uh, it's right around the 30 point because he had a couple of 20 spots. There's so 22, 26, 27. 
And that's just not going to get it done when you compare what Tyreek Hill was doing with Patrick Mahomes in the volume. So I think that, you know, you really got to ask yourself, how is Tyreek Hill going to get himself there with a new quarterback, with a new scheme, with a better defense? Um, so that's round two. Those are the guys that I, I think that we are in agreement that are just kind of um, question marks. I, I call it in, in, in baseball. I, I tell Vlad, you know, it's a pitcher like Jack Flaherty with a bunch of injuries coming into the season. I call them the Riddler. People like to take these shots on these high upside pitchers. Um, and I think I was even telling you, you know, you asked me about pitchers. I'm like, don't do it with this guy. Don't do it with this guy. He's a Riddler. He's got too many question marks on this big, bright fucking green, you know, outfit. So yeah. there's no reason if someone's flashing big question marks at you to um, invest early draft capital in that person. Uh, let's move on. Last week, we were talking about Gabriel Davis a little bit. We discussed Russell Gage. Um, we brushed over him slightly at the beginning of the podcast here. There are a lot of wide receivers going in round three. That It is a big old crock pot filled with wide receivers. And it's very interesting. I'm, I'm even getting chills just looking at all these guys and where they're going. So or, this is early, man. This is early. This is These are picks 37 through 48. And or, I'm sorry. No, these are picks 25 through 36. Apologize. Apologize. This is, yeah. So even earlier, this is round three. So we have wide receivers from uh, 17 through 26 that I'm going to go down in order of ADP in the third round. Uh, and then I have in a parenthesis, as you can see, Nelson, um, something new that is occurring with every single one of these wide receivers this year, albeit uh, we're going to draft these guys in the third round. And, and that could be fine. It's not like we don't like these guys, but I wanted to bring these up because each one has something new going into this season. So wide receivers 17 through 26 in rounds three of OC ADP over at the NFFC. That is Terry McLaurin, new quarterback, Deontay Johnson, new quarterback, Marquise Brown, new quarterback, new offensive scheme, Cortland Sutton, new quarterback, Allen Robinson, new quarterback, new offense, DK Metcalf, new quarterback slash holding out. Darnell Mooney has got a new head coach. Gabriel Davis has a new offensive coordinator. Brandon Cooks has a new head coach, albeit that's Lovey Smith. And he was there. Uh, he was the, was he the assistant coach with the Texans? Uh, so it could be a different, a little bit different with Lovey around. Uh, and then we have Amon, Amon Ra St. Brown, one of my guys, uh, with a new offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. So uh, Gabriel Davis, he's losing Brian Dable, who's now the head coach in New York. We've got Amon Ra St. Brown, who's got the new offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. Uh, and and uh, my apologies, Ken Dorsey is the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. So whew, before we get into round four wide receivers, uh, a lot to unpack here. Um, you don't have to get into all of them, maybe pick one or two that you don't have a lot of exposure to since you've, you're now about 30 drafts in, I would say, um, talk about a couple that you're maybe interested in. Um, just give me your thoughts on this because this is still pretty early, right? I mean, yeah. And there's I mean, a lot of new, there's a lot of new going on. I mean, in fairness that, uh, some of these guys do live in the fourth round. Um, so that ends up being, if they go in the fourth round, um, some of these guys definitely are more intriguing than if they get pushed up. So like Mooney's a guy that gets pushed up, but like, 
I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure he goes in the fourth round of drafts. Gabriel Davis is another hype guy. You're, you're right. So when I when I said the ADP at first, the ADP was right and the round was wrong. That's my apology. So these are round four guys, not round three. These are okay. round four wide receivers. Yes, that is my apologies. Thank you for catching that. You yeah. So you this would be this would be the ADP that I, I initially said, which is what thirty seven through forty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. Um, I think that those are the those are some question marks whether they can develop that chemistry and that rapport with their new quarterback because this year unlike any other year i can remember uh there's a lot of wide receivers uh that change teams or the quarterbacks changing um so that's going to be interesting the guys that i'm most intrigued by are mclaren just because in his short career, he has kind of pulled an Allen Robinson where I feel like quarterback doesn't matter for him, uh, that he can get it done uh, despite the quarterback. Just imagine if he can actually develop some type of chemistry with Wentz. And I know most of us look at Wentz as like, you know, he's just not not very good, but he's still an NFL quarterback that I think is talented enough that he could propel McLaren into a top 12 wide receiver. So he's interesting. Uh, Marquise Brown in that offense minus Hopkins to start the year. Uh, That's interesting. He's going back with his old uh, college quarterback in Kyler. Um, Cortland Sutton, uh, another favorite of mine. Um, I like the – you know, it's a new quarterback, but I like the quarterback change. So, like, my projection with him is I could see him being in that DK Metcalf role where Wilson is – I mean, Wilson it throws one of the prettiest deep balls in the NFL. So I think Sutton could benefit a lot from that and become his his number one. You see uh, me puckering up. What was it? You see me puckering, you see me puckering up while you're I, talking I about wrestling. I, I see it. You, you get all giddy and, and excited. Yeah, well, I know. So, but it's like you you mentioned the this the the potential comp with DK Metcalf. Where was DK Metcalf going in your drafts last year? Second round. Okay. Okay. Continue on. Go to A Rob. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably where Sutton ends up next year. I, I think he's he's got the talent. He, and remember, he's another year uh, removed from his surgery, um, from his injury, ACL injury. So, um, you know, we, we see it with guys just more explosive. He feels more comfortable on his leg, uh, cutting in and out. Um, I, I, I think, like, wheels up uh, for, for him for sure. Allen Robinson looked like crap last year, but I just think that that's a situation where, you know, between the coach, rookie quarterback, um, I, I think he just got disinterested, um, saw that they weren't really, you know, using him in the offense uh, like he thought they should be using him. Um, so he had a real down year, but I'm, I'm back on the Allen Robinson train. Uh, Stafford is his, by far, not even close, his best quarterback uh, that he's going to be playing with um, since he joined the NFL. So 
He he's really interesting, especially where he's coming into an offense where Cooper Cup had a historic season. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you know defenses are going to be game planning a little bit better to, you know, take Cooper Cup away a little, a little bit. And Robinson could benefit uh, from that. So he's really interesting. Now, sometimes new quarterbacks are a bad thing. Sometimes new quarterbacks are a good thing. Uh, I, th- I think that it's going to be very, very easy for Allen Robinson to integrate into this new offense. Uh, these are both positives, and these two positives are not going to be making a negative. Uh, so health, health forbidding, if Robinson stays healthy, um, man, I can I really hope, I really hope that we just see him go just absolutely bonkers and pop off. Uh, looking at your rankings, do you mind if I mention real quick the the three that you have lowest ranked out of this book? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, going down, you have Amon Ra, St. Brown, and then it would be DK Metcalf and then Brandon Cooks. Do you want to uh, lightly talk about why you're kind of maybe not met on them, but they are the lowest of the three? of this bucket. They are the, the three lowest ranked. Uh, so DK, just because you have a head coach an offense that wants to run the ball. Um, that's kind of what they're fixated on. And it's a big downgrade from Wilson to Geno Smith. Although I did get a little bit of information that uh, Geno and DK are actually really good friends. Uh, so mm-hmm. they're buddies and that end up that could end up being a, a good chemistry thing. Um, so I don't think if Gino wins that job, I, I don't know if uh, if that that might not necessarily be a bad thing. So okay. I'm actually kind of keeping my eye on DK because sometimes he, he does fall in drafts. Um, Amonra St. Brown, that's just the rule of mine that you're 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 taking a guy not, that not buying you know, a stock at its premium high. Yeah, yeah. It's just the it, listen. I I even wrote an article on Amon Ross St. Brown last year. It I, I got to pull it up on the FTN site, but I'm a fan of St. Brown. So, and I even wrote an article about him breaking out like he was a sleeper last year, and and it it worked out. It ended up happening, but. I just don't, I don't like those, uh, how do I put it? I, I, he's a lesser ranked rookie. Okay. He's not Waddle. He's not Jamar Chase. Okay. Um, he, he's, you know, lower end, uh, type of rookie wide receiver that had a great year. And now he's being pushed up to like fifth round, fourth round of, of drafts. I'm just not, I'm not interested in paying, you know, it's like stocks. You're, you're paying its highest price. So I'm not going to chase it. 
Okay. So, perfect. Perfect segue from Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Where you have him ranked, there are wide receivers going one round later. You have some of these guys going in rounds five. Now that I've got that correct. These are wide receivers 27 through 31. Jerry Judy, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, and Amari Cooper. Looking at where you have Amon Ra St. Brown, you have in going around later, Amari Cooper, and I'm going, I'm going to be ascending, so going up your rankings. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Jerry Judy, and Rashad Bateman. Those are the four that you have ranked above somebody going, you know, around earlier do you want to highlight any of those wide receivers uh bateman's probably the the guy that i'm most interested in out of that group because i think he could become the true number one in that offense um i liked him coming out of college last year i thought excellent hands excellent route runner um hollywood's out of there now the question is, can Bateman, you know, stay healthy? But, you know, he was getting a lot of hype uh, last preseason. I don't know if you remember that. And then he suffered like a, it was like a core muscle injury. It was like um, some type of abdominal injury. And that just kind of put the kibosh on that where he was going to miss um, games during the season. So, you know, a rookie coming in, gets hurt, banged up. Again, you know, falls behind everybody else. It, it, you know, it just doesn't make for uh, end up, you know, having a breakout year. So this year, 100% healthy, new number one, uh, has the potential for that. I'm, I'm interested in him. Amari Cooper. Before we move on, we've got to talk about Amari Cooper. Okay. His productivity clearly weighs upon how many games we get from Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Over, under, and put you on the soapbox here, spotlight, over, under, 10 games played for Deshaun Watson this season. Damn, <laughs> that's man. A, like, that's a tough number. <laughs> that, that's a tough number because, like, <laughs> they could throw the book at him and just say, you're, you're out for the year. And and it doesn't matter. Um, I just or don't. He could get any, four games, right? Or he could get four games. I don't see a scenario where he gets four games like okay. that. Even that is like it, it's going to feel like a slap on the wrist. Like yeah. I, I feel like we're we're talking like I don't know. I think they're going to want to make a little bit of an example out of him um, because they they don't want the backlash. Like if if they're going to let him play play at some point this year, I think you're, I'm going to go with the over 10 games. Okay. Okay. So if he does play, it would be, let's say more than half, right? Yeah. So, okay. And if, I'm, if I'm wrong on this, I'm going to be a little disappointed that I didn't take advantage of Cooper's ADP because mm-hmm. he, he does drop like for his talent level with the potential of playing with Deshaun Watson. Um, his ADP is right. Like it, it's fair price. Um, and I, I haven't found myself really taking advantage of it. And if Watson ends up, you know, suspended for like six games, I think, you know, Cooper, uh, not a steal, but like, that's going to be 
he could still finish farewell pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. That, but listen, the other scenario is if Watson gets suspended for ten plus games, you know, or the season, Cooper's got to get footballs thrown to him by Jacoby Brissett, and that's or or, or Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> no, Gar- Garoppolo's uh, in, with New York, right? Oh, did he? I he missed that yesterday. Oh, did he? I completely missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he got traded yesterday. Not to uh, my New York, right? Please, no. He couldn't have. I would have found out about that. Not no, to the Jets. Didn't he? No, to the. Well, did he really? I, I thought there was talk that like it was it was like a done deal. No. Oh shit! It's too early in the morning, man. I <laughs> I got. I'll look it up when you we get on okay. to the next segment, and, and I'll follow up on that. I I thought for sure I. Don't, I don't ruin my Thursday. <laughs> it, it's it's Jacoby Brissett that is going to be throwing the football to Cooper if Deshaun Watson's out. So that's my worry. That that's where it's like, oh crap. Okay, I could have taken you know somebody right. else instead of Cooper. I, I just don't okay, think it's end well. Let's have let's have we'll, we'll say a hypothetical fun with this before we move on from Amari Cooper. There is there a non-zero chance or there's a somewhat of a chance uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't get suspended at all. Let's just hypothetically no, no, shot. no, no shot. Okay. All no right. Shot. We won't even play it then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Player futures. Last week we discussed quarterbacks and who would finish with the most passing yards. And we went into some odds and you know reasons as to why we like some guys. This week, we're going to be doing most rushing yards. So if you go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app or whatever sportsbook, if you're in Vegas or Nevada, et cetera, uh, wherever you do your prop betting or futures betting, uh, assuming that your your odds would be similar to what DraftKings has posted, I'm going to name the top. How many do you think I should go off of here just to kind of give a grasp of this list? I I stopped at plus 5,000 which is kind of usually my threshold when looking at futures, because after that, it just kind of gets like this. They don't really have a chance. Obviously um, it would take like some sort of like 99th percentile outcome for them to kind of be, you know, competing in with these other guys. So um, looking at the top, we've got Jonathan Taylor plus 450, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Javonta Williams, JK Dobbins, Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Leonard Fournette, shout out Lamar Jackson, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, and David Montgomery. Those are all the running backs that we have listed here. Uh, The props obviously increase as you go down that list that I mentioned. Uh, At the bottom, that's where David Montgomery, Brees Hall, and Miles Sanders are. That's plus 5,000. So, Bet $10, you get 50 to one, you'd win $50, right? So uh, simple math there. So um, do you want to give yours first or do you have the same guy as me? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So mine's going to be Saquon Barkley. I thought that that was kind of simple, actually. So we have a healthy player coming off, uh, you know, the second year removed from a huge injury. Uh, we have a new offensive coordinator in Brian Dable who got the absolute utmost out of Josh Allen. And I think that there could be somewhat 
of similar comps when it comes to uh, Daniel Jones' skill set with his legs and Josh Allen. And I think that that could bode well when opening up lanes for Saquon Barkley. Now, there is one caveat here. Saquon's got to stay healthy. Every running back's got to stay healthy in this scenario. So when Derrick Henry missed half of a season last year for a foot injury, why is he at plus 650? I get it that he gets fed constantly and nonstop. I also think that the Giants might be a little bit more competitive this year. If they are a little bit more competitive, you could potentially see the target scale back just a little bit there, uh, but you could see the rushing volume go up for Saquon Barkley. Now, there's one concern that I actually do have if we are excluding health, and it's Bri- it is actually maybe Brian Dable, albeit that he is really, really good. Um, there has been some chatter, not of Saquon Barkley, but when he was with Buffalo that um, – he doesn't necessarily love having a bell cow back. Now, I don't think that he, just because he has that mindset, it could have been because he doesn't fucking like Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, right? Now, he could come into this this whole new you know uh, team and clubhouse and go, whoa, I've got Saquon Barkley. Now I can really do something special here. So um, there could be one or two ways to look at that. But I just think when you start to look at where he's next to Rashad Penny, like what? Like what, what he's got, he's got the same rushing prop as Lamar Jackson and, and, and shout out to him for being a quarterback that's listed here. That's, that's fucking badass. But uh, for him to be below Elijah Mitchell, who I will certainly talk about when we get into hot takes. Uh, I think that that is crazy. Cam Akers, he's plus 3000. Well, Saquon's plus 4,000. Ezekiel Elliott plus 3000. JK Dobbins plus 3000. He JK Dobbins is on the same list as a teammate, Lamar Jackson. So how math don't add up to me seeing one or two guys potentially winning that uh, award or finishing with the most rushing yards. So already, I think Ezekiel Elliott splitting time with Tony Pollard. Cam Akers coming off the Achilles. People talked about the efficiency in the playoffs, et cetera. They pass a lot, whatever. J.K. Dobbins talked about that. Uh, Just right there, uh, Elijah Mitchell will get into him later. uh, Damian Harris going to be splitting with Ramondre Stevenson. CMC's coming off injury. Uh, They also pass a lot. Antonio Gibson, we discussed him earlier. And then you get to Saquon Barkley and Rashad Penny. I mean, he's maybe Saquon Barkley's not your pick, but that's, let's throw the guy, we got to throw some money at Saquon, right? No, I like that at plus 4,000. Yeah, I mean. You're smirking at me. You've got somebody better. (laughs) Well, we got, I mean, in the same range, I, I actually like Fournette at plus 4,000. So like when I'm looking at these, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what offense, you know, can commit enough to the run uh, where they can move the ball and have a good defense. Right. So where they can kind of dominate some games against lesser teams and, they can just sit there and run out the clock and Tampa Bay, you know, kind of fits that mold a little bit. I think they'll be improved from last year's defense. I think they took, they had a lot of injuries in the secondary and I think it took a toll on them and they weren't as good um, as we had projected, but that should be improved this year. Um, Again, you know, good offensive line. You got Brady there with some weapons. So I, you know, I expect the holes to be there. Defenses can't just sit there and like, all right, let's stop Fournette. So that that could be an interesting one. But yeah, I like that. Uh, do you see anything at the top that's even worth it with the odds that we're looking at? So scrolling back up, we're gonna have JT at four fifty, Henry at six fifty, Chubb. I know you're not gonna like that one at plus a thousand. Cook at the same plus thousand. Then you got Najee and Mixon at plus fourteen hundred. 
And then the one guy that we haven't talked about who, hey, if Gordon got hurt, Javante Williams at plus 2,000. Javante is, is interesting. Yeah. Um, even like Zeke is interesting at plus 3,000. Mm, really? I'm not I'm not like a huge fan of, of Zeke, but again, it's yeah, he's going to get some, you know, he's going to split some touches with Pollard, but like he's if he's healthy, like he's kind of interesting. Well, their defense has gotten better. Their game scripts yeah. are going to be. Remember, we, we we thought going into last year, Dak Prescott's going to throw the ball fifty fucking times a game. I, I think scrolling forward this year, we should probably. Obviously, I know the market and everybody discussing you know volume uh, is scaling that number back when you're looking at projections or whatever. But I don't think we're talking enough about how good the Dallas defense is and how competitive the team is going to be. And even though Pollard could eat into Zeke's work, which he's going to, similar to Dylan and Aaron Jones, there could be enough. Uh, uh, there could be enough meat on the bone to feed them both, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. It, it it's going to be hard to beat out JT. So Taylor, you know, he had a monster season last year, and no one was close to him. So it wasn't like you had a couple other running backs that finished you know, neck and neck with, uh, with Taylor. So, you know, rightfully so Taylor's in the right spot, good offensive line, uh, upgrade at quarterback. The defense is very good. It's, it's going to be hard to, to beat out Taylor, but I mean, when you have long odds, that's why like, I, I rather just take a shot on like a guy like Saquon or Fournette at plus 4,000 than like sit there and try to, you know, Chubb, who's, you know, great running back, great rusher, but like, he's not, he, he needs, he needs Hunt to get hurt. Like there's scenarios like, right. So let's talk about it. Like real quick, Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the season. They have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and it's like, oh shit, you know, we, we can't be throwing the ball, you know, 30 plus times with Jacoby Brissett and they just run the shit out of Chubb. Like, yeah, that could be a scenario where, you know, Chubb gets there in, yeah. in the rushing department. Especially because they do have a, a good enough defense that they're going to be, you know, hopefully not in too many negative game scripts where Jacoby Brissett's throwing 40 to 50 times a game. Uh, that certainly could happen because of Brissett at quarterback. But um, if they are competitive enough and they are able to get him the volume, then he certainly could be formidable. Um that offensive line's good and the defense is good. So those are two recipes for success when looking at a running back. All right, let's get into some hot takes. And then we're going to tackle some listener questions and then we are going to get out of here. Hot take time. So I want to add this each week as well. Last week we added the player prop slash future bet. This week I'm, I'm adding to our outline and I want to give a hot take each week. Um, I have two listed myself. Do you have, do you, you have yours in mind? I do. You do. Okay. Do you want to go first on this one? Sure. So okay. right. I'm going to go with that this time next year, Cortland Sutton is going to be a first round pick. Oh my gosh. Oh. That, is that, is that hot enough or is that kind of like, Oh, okay. I like, I could see that happening. I'm sweating. I want to take off my shirt and go put my let Russ cook hat on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah. That's hot. Um, and I don't think we really need to get into as as to why Russ pops off with him. He has a, 
a you know one of those big DK Metcalf similar type seasons and and rocket ship emoji off we go. Uh, I have two. You can I give two? Yeah, you. So you go. We'll alternate, and I'll give you my other. Oh, one. you got an okay, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So my first one is AJ Dillon scores more touchdowns than Derrick Henry. Now this might seem really laughable, especially because if you look back at last year, even though Derrick Henry only played half of the season, he scored more fantasy points than AJ Dillon. So you'd be like, why the fuck would you say AJ Dillon's going to score more touchdowns than Derrick Henry? Well, Derrick Henry is the one coming off of the more severe injury. So he had the foot injury. It's something that deals with ligaments. I don't like that, especially with a running back that has no nipple left on that tire. The tread is running thin there. And we have this ascending running back in AJ Dillon, who he had an injury that left. He had to leave the last game of the season, but that was a a, a fractured rib. I'm not going to have any concerns about that. Something that heals move on. So Dylan coming into this season, we've already had a little bit of coach speak that they're going to give him a little bit more usage when it comes to sharing the rock with Aaron Jones. So you could see Aaron Jones uh, in more passing packages. You could see his targets increase, but you could see his uh, rushing rushing usage decrease. Now with that comes Dylan getting more of the, uh, of the rock, although it's not going to be as much as Derrick Henry, but I think that where the Green Bay Packers are in comparison to the Tennessee Titans, and when you are going to be getting red zone usage, goal line usage, and and all of the work down there, not that Dylan's going to be getting 90% of the rushing touchdowns or, or even the usage when it comes to getting the ball inside the 20 or 10. I think, though, when you remove Devontae Adams and looking at the red zone usage and the, the goal line usage that they had and they employed with Aaron Rodgers throwing so short in between the even the five-yard line with Devontae Adams, that's not going to be there. You're not doing that with Alan Lazard. You're not going to be doing that with Amari Rogers or, or whoever else. You are going to increase the usage on the ground, and I think it goes to A.J. Dillon. Now, if Aaron Jones, knock on wood because I do not want to see this guy hurt, I love me some Aaron Jones. If Aaron Jones were to get hurt, I don't even think this is a hot take. Obviously, Aaron Jones is part of this equation right now. But if that were to happen, the path to success for Dylan to score more touchdowns than Derrick Henry, I think, becomes rather simple. Yeah, I mean, Judas with your oh, well, go ahead. No, if you want to, yeah, say wanna... in the NFL, that that's the thing about like drafting AJ Dylan is like if you're looking at it where everything stays status quo, AJ Dylan as like a fifth round pick. Um, that's about where he goes right now in drafts. He'll slip to the sixth round. Like everything stays status quo in Green Bay. It's not the greatest pick. He's going to be in a committee with Aaron Jones and and everything. So like that's an area that I usually just stay away from running backs. But in when you're looking at you know scenarios, it, you know there's a scenario where Aaron Jones gets hurt and AJ Dillon pays off. You know in spades where he becomes like a top six, you know, running back rather easily. So that, that definitely could, that definitely could happen. So like for guys that are playing volume, uh, you know, whether it's best ball or, or a redraft. Cut line, cut line. Cut lines. Yeah, absolutely. You want to push them up. Get a few shares of AJ. Yeah. Yeah, so I have Dylan and Pollard uh, in my cut line rankings pushed higher than I do in my redraft rankings, right? So in my cut line, I'm going to go a little bit further out on a limb to grab Dylan versus, let's say, in my primetime draft because 
um, especially with builds. These cut lines are only 10 teams. These best balls are usually 10 teams. And when looking at, when comparing that to a primetime draft or even an online champion, I'm going to look and go, I don't have Kyler Murray yet. I don't have a quarterback. I'll take him over my RB2, AJ Dillon. That's pretty fucking simple to me, right? To make that decision, I, I, for me at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's a great way to uh, highlight adjusting some of your rankings when going into different types of drafts. Give us your second hot take. I'll give uh, give mine after that. Get into listener questions and get out of here. All right. My other one is that Kadarius Tony is this year's mm-hmm. Debo Samuel. Dude, so the, okay, so there's also somebody I don't think you know this because you don't have Instagram. We have an Instagram video that's uh, circling around right now, and it's uh, this young dude. He's awesome. Oh, I forgot his name. Damn it! I wanted to give him a plug too. Um, he actually has a video out, and I know that you haven't seen it, so it's really funny that you say this. But he has Kadarius Tony is this year's Debo Samuel, and it's an FTN fantasy video. Um, and I even oh, mentioned something right. about it. I was like, who is this kid? Is this Marshall Gershon's younger brother? And uh, he's got curly hair and glasses and a little lip smirk and real, real awesome. Real awesome. <laughs> stuff. you got to see the video. Yeah. I'll try and get no, the video for you. you. Have to send it to me. Yeah, I will. It's, it's really good stuff. Um, so he explains that as well. And I love it. I love Kadarius Tony this year. I can't wait to see what Brian Dable integrates for him. Do you want to touch on it real quick? No, I just – Last year, I, you know, he passed the eye test to me. Like when, when he was on the field um, and got the ball in his hands, he was a playmaker. Uh, he reminded me of Tyreek Hill, you know, very similar uh, path where Tyreek, when he first came on the scene with Kansas City, it was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get this guy, you know, the ball in this guy's hands and utilize him, you know, left to right. And, you know, whether it's end arounds and then let's get the ball in in his hands on on slants and get him in space. And he just he has those moves, you know, that you see like guys can make you miss in a phone booth. And that's that's what stuck out to me. So it was like, okay, you know what? First round pick. I, I definitely see the talent, you know, more of a creative offensive play caller and Dable now in, in there and with the giants um, things should be a little more settled down. You know, they should be excited, hyped up in New York with, you know, the, the new coaches in town, you got Saquon healthy uh, offensive lines improving. I just could see that situation where he looks at it as like, okay, he's going to be part of my, you know, my magic trick, you know, He's going to involve Tony very similar to like Debo. I think I'm going to be saying a lot this year. Kadarius Tony is so dope. He is so dope. I, I just, I, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this football season. And by the way, we are exactly, precisely six weeks away, ladies and gentlemen, from opening night, week one, NFL season. So, whew, buckle up. Uh, things are going to continue to move very, very fast. Uh, last talk. What's what's that? What's your second hot take? Elijah Mitchell finishes outside the top 35 at running back. So if we go to the running back uh, ADP over the last two weeks, we go to Elijah Mitchell. He is currently being drafted as where is he? He's going way too high. I can't even find him. I had his ADP listed here. I'm so sorry. I'll just cipher 13. 
my apologies. Elijah Mitchell, 81. So when looking at the running back pool, he is going as running back 28 on average. That is sandwiched between Devin Singletary and Clyde Edwards Flair. So I thought he was going a little bit higher than that. So top 35, maybe not even that much of a hot take. Shit. Uh, I'll push him to I'll push him outside the top 40 then just to make it real hot and I'll explain why. So We've already got coach speak and the same coach, Kyle Shanahan, who loves to do what? He loves to give the rock to a lot of people, a lot of running backs, a lot of wide receivers, and now his quarterback. So you've got a wide receiver that's going to touch the ball. You've got multiple running backs that are going to touch the ball. And now you've got a quarterback that's going to touch the ball. We haven't uh, seen the usage now with the new rookie that they brought in. Uh, they obviously brought him in for a specific reason. When Kyle Shanahan brings in a running back, he has an idea. He has a vision for him. And with Trey Lance, now that he has stapled him as his quarterback, he also has a vision for him. So when you tack on all of these things, along with uh, uh, he's not going to be catching the ball often, um, he's not really utilized as the pass-catching running back for the San Francisco 49ers. So what the fuck do you have here? I'm not really sure. So when you're looking at somebody that's going in the top 100 of drafts with an ADP of 81 with a min pick of 72, no, thank you. I think that there is an easy path for him to finish outside the top 40. And that's not to mention if he gets injured. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, damn, we've really got to get out of here. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we still have Len from New York, uh, loyal FTN fantasy subscriber, Len, Promise we have not forgot about you. I have all three of your questions still saved. I'm going to copy and paste them over for next week. I promise you we will get to those. Um, and if you can't wait any longer, Len, just uh, tag Nelson and I, and we'll just answer them for you privately. We'll, we'll go on the Discord. And, yeah, and yeah we'll but I really do like. Yeah, but I really, really, really do like these questions. So either way, Len, we'll give you. We'll we'll answer these for you quickly. But um, either way. We'll ask and answer these next week because I think that these are really solid questions. Nelson, uh, that was great. I'm going to try and get this up before I get out of here. So uh, thank you guys and girls. If you enjoy what we are doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow Nelson on Twitter at the underscore franchise 12. You can follow myself at underscore Mattywood underscore. <laughs> Nelson and I will be back next week. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Primetime Fantasy Football with Nelson and Matthew. Make sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at the underscore franchise 12 and at underscore Matty Wood underscore. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. 